They came from the east, a holy man and the daughter of a Raja. They brought the Malkavians together, unified them, and quickly settled disputes between elders and the young. They traveled to Thorns to participate in the peace talks that would put an end to the war that was raging. Vasantasina, the daughter, disputed the convention and its treaty. She, who had helped unite her clan, could not abide by the idea of blood bonds and the power it gave to its wielders. When the Banu Hakim were cursed by the Tremere, she openly denounced any further debate and left Thorns, bringing those loyal to her vision with her. Anmada, the holy man, and Vasantasina's sire, chose the Camarilla instead, believing that the war, and not the bond, was the largest threat to their kind. Vasantasina tried to warn the elders of the Camarilla, but she received no understanding, no sympathy for her visions. For a time, she tried the same with the Sabbat, but found to her disgust that they too refused to believe her warnings as they succumbed both to the collective blood bonds and the paths, straying from their humanity and embracing their dark nature. Today, it is believed that she and her followers have left the Sabbat as well, but whether they went to the Camarilla or the Anarchs seemed to be by personal choice rather than leadership. After the Convention of Thorns, Cainites, now kindred, needed to work more closely together than they had before, and this turned out to be a problem for the often unpredictable Malkavians. Unable to contain their somewhat maniacal ambitions and plots, not to mention their infectious bouts of depression and ennui, they were often on the receiving end of another vampire's sword. Daring to fly too close to the sun and causing just a bit too much discomfort. It reached a point where six Methuselah joined together and summoned as many Malkavians as they could to Bohemia, where a great ritual was conducted. This ritual, known as the Great Prank, ultimately subdued the discipline of dementation, the power to inflict their madness upon others, replacing it with Dominate. For two months, countless vampires simply disappeared as they journeyed to this grand gathering, and once it was done, they had no memory of it happening, nor that they had ever been able to use dementation. This, of course, only affected those Malkavians who attended. The remainder, most of them anti-tribu, still retained their command over dementation. And with time, this power would cause a clear distinction between the two parts of the clan. The Camarilla Malkavians were often much more stable than their Sabbat cousins, and they could rein in their curse if truly required, while the anti-tribu sunk further into their clan curse. That is until the year of 1998, when suddenly all Malkavians could once again wield dementation, for seemingly no reason, and again none of the afflicted ever questioned it. But we are getting ahead of ourselves. Regardless of how and why it happened, the great prank cemented the distinction between Malkavians and Antitribu. No one questioned this distinction, and the two branches of the tree slowly grew apart. The Sabbat Antitribu degenerated so that the Camarilla faction could become stable. Still, the Malkavians were very much a low clan during the Middle Ages, their fall from grace in the time of Rome still fresh in the minds of the other clans. But as the Renaissance came, so too did fresh innovation and thoughts, and the Cassandras flourished once more. However, it was during this time that the concept of asylums became a more commonly occurring phenomena amongst the mortals. Some Malkavians never saw the inside of one of these buildings, 
but quite a number of newly embraced did, and the way that these places treated those with mental illness would often leave a scar not only on the body, but the soul of those who had suffered under it. Many of these poor bastards became nothing but tools for their elders and outcasts spending their nights wandering the streets, dirty, bloody and lost. Like most other clans, the Malkavians traveled to the New World, but more for the inspiration and novelty of new lands as yet untrodden by European feet. Unlike their more ambitious brethren, the Malkavians decided rather quickly to wait for the colonials to arrive, preferring the bustle of cities to the howls of wolves in the forests. When the call for revolution came, the Malkavians were there. And while the American Revolution had been engaging to them, the madness enveloping Paris was almost intoxicating to the seers. They stalked the streets at night, partaking of the fever-pitched violence and unmitigated rage consuming the mortals. And while Paris eventually settled once more, a seed of madness had been planted and nurtured in Paris, awaiting the day when it will bloom once more. It would be prudent to speak a little of the cobweb. It bears many names, but at its core it's what connects all Malkavians. Some say it is the remnants of Malkav himself, spanning the world and using each individual vampire of his clan as a feeler to experience, learn and share. Others merely argue that it is a symbiotic relationship the clan developed early after the death of their antediluvian, as they needed to rely so much more on each other. Regardless of its origins, all Malkavians are connected in some capacity to the others, and while at times sensory input, memories or even direct communication is possible, it is most prominently felt with the death of one of their own. As the cobweb snaps, it leaves an emptiness behind felt by the Cassandras forever since, a stark reminder that one of their own has been lost. As the 19th century brought increasing conflict in the New World, many Malkavians became painfully aware of what sacrifices the struggle between Camarilla and Sabat demanded. Many of their clan died, but rarely at the hands of their own. Even while they were on opposite sides of the fence, most Malkavians found the idea of killing another of the Clan of the Moon unthinkable, knowing what damage it would do to the cobweb. The Victorian Age was a great one in many ways. The rigidity of society and the suppressed urges that came with it offered the Malkavians a veritable smorgasbord of complexes and neuroses. While it passed by remarkably fast, it was a time of Malkavian greatness, and one many of them still remember with fondness. In 1997, after years of downsizing in mental health care, of reforms closing institutes, halfway homes and work release programs, the clan of Malkab was on the verge of exploding, at least those belonging to the Camarilla. Finally the dam burst and the Camarilla Malkavians were once more able to wield dementation. To those few who understood why, the reason was clear, but they disguised it claiming that the Sabat anti-tribu had infested them. Many Malkavians accepted this, even if some didn't even care for a reason. To them, dementation was theirs, had always been theirs, and nothing had really changed. Malkavians don't necessarily embrace from the mentally ill. Quite a few do, but regardless of your mental health before the embrace, the blood of Malkov will do its work upon you. It has nothing to do with your physiology. Chemical imbalances matter little to dead meat. Yet a Malkavian suffering from a mental illness in life will often have similar issues in undeath. 
Some Malkavians undergo the change too strongly and become gnawed, lost in their curse and unable to ever recover, victims to a particularly strong manifestation. One particularly nasty tradition amongst the Malkavian is what they call reality busting. Not all Cassandras do this, but enough that it has become a thing. It is essentially a form of elaborate gaslighting. The Malkavians sock their prospective child, slowly twisting the world around this poor victim by rearranging their furniture, hypnotizing friends and loved ones to forget about them, and even inducing hallucinations. Many Malkavians frown upon this practice, but it is often taught by the buster to their child as the proper way, and thus it is propagated despite its ill reputation. Malkavians tend to flock together, a tradition held for a long time. These so-called gatherings are rarely, if ever, obvious to other kindred. It could be a strange set of ringed letters in a phone book detailing the address, a mysterious phone call sent to every phone in a city, or simply nothing at all. They gather, exchange pleasantries, and someone might even hold a grand speech, and at the end everyone leaves quietly, resuming their nightly businesses. These meetings are often held at random places and called for by random individuals. The cobweb, or as it's more commonly known in these nights, the Malkavian Madness Network, is partly to blame for these gatherings. Who came up with that name is unclear, uh, perhaps it was a Malkavian, but it may also have been coined by someone else who was told about it and found the name that stuck. Others call it the Metatron, the Connection, Babel, the Nerves of Malkov. Whatever you wish to call it, it is both a boon and a curse for the Cassandras, for it as often acts as a distraction as it does with precognition. Malkavians also tend to conduct elaborate pranks against other kindred to alter their perception of reality, or just simply to mess with them. Perhaps it is a Ventru prince who needs to loosen up, or a Toreador artist whose style has gotten stale and predictable, by Malkavian standards of course. These pranks can be extremely elaborate and often border on offensive or even dangerous. Many pranks are intended to highlight to the victim that they have become predictable, creatures of habit who might actually be in danger if an enemy of theirs pick up the trail. In this regard, they do a sort of communal service. But on the other hand, many Malkavians may commit acts that fly in the face of this, so perhaps it's not so much a rule as a guideline. The Clan of the Moon might have had a rocky start, but in the nights of the 21st century, as the world seems increasingly hostile and illogical, they, perhaps more than ever, offer a perspective, a, a viewpoint that like a cracked mirror looks just right from a specific point of view. Once more, our council is humbled by the patronage of two most ancient beings. The Methuselah, storyteller in Ireland, ancient and powerful is he, and Aubrey Ayers, whose wisdom transcends the boundaries of our understanding. We are truly blessed to be advised by these demigods. The Primogen Council would also especially thank some members for their contribution to its work. As always, the August Maximilian S. Hardcastle, as well as council members Snow, Zero Six, and Stonewolf 18. Your wisdom, experience, and good judgment shall be the torchlight by which we conduct our affairs. We would also like to congratulate Edward Reed for ascending to the title of Elder, joining Dante the Canine, What's That Smells Its Blood, and Remy Van Roy in receiving our gratitude for their support and wise counseling. And we would also wish to thank the ancillae Colin Gifford and Harry Wyckoff for their support. Likewise, our stalwart neonates receive our appreciation for their continued loyalty.
and thank you for watching. Now be careful out there, for Gehenna may soon be upon us.